episode of thank you for your love we are filming this all the way out on the east coast in brooklyn so like what's up shouts out to everybody on the east coast that's like you know actually experiencing some nice spring weather for a change Mm -hmm. it's it's not cold and and brick outside anymore as the youth used to say last year i don't think i hear brick as much anymore this year I'm old now, so <laughs> so you're so you're just. I wouldn't even know. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm I'm sorry that you're not up on youth culture, baby. Mm, officially old. Officially old and over it. As of Wednesday. As of <laughs> Wednesday, that is very true. Your birthday's coming up soon. Yay! Yay. And we're gonna do some fun stuff later. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, anyway, yeah. how are you feeling, Ollie? I'm How's feeling. Week? I'm feeling alright. My week was fun. Um, it was just a bunch of me being angry all over the place and me being frustrated all over the place. And then on top of that, um, my second week of therapy had also begun. And instead of like taking the first approach, which was basically my intake, my my therapist had um t- took some information that we had gone over in um, our prior um, session and kind of tabled it. And she kind of allowed me to rant for a little bit, which I thought was kind of interesting because I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about myself in a more mundane way. And I was like, "Ah, all right, she's giving me an opportunity to to yell and scream for a minute. So I'm like, you know what? Let me do that. So I begin to kind of like, you know, unfold everything, like, you know, my frustrations with with, um, being able to deal with individuals (laughs) Um, when when it comes to, Divvying tasks, you know, delegation or frustration with other individuals. And, and she let me do that for about a solid 45 minutes. And then she hit me at the end of it, taking everything in, letting me unload everything. And then she's just like, yeah, but what about you? How did you feel coming from it? And like, she almost hit me with it as if like, she was a skilled chess player. Like she was kind of like letting me run around the board for a minute. And then like, <laughs> like, like Yu-Gi-Oh like pulled her card and was like, but what if you activated my trap card? And then just like emotions ran wild within me. She saw that like a little bit of a breakthrough was happening and I'm like focusing on myself. I'm like, oh my God. And like, I could, sign, I could kind of see her smile a little bit and I'm like, oh my God, she knew exactly what she was doing the entire time. So like that was, that, that was something that I'm going to start to take into therapy with me from now on. Kind of like everything. And, and you had kind of talked about this before we say, um, everything that that you're going through somehow has a tie to what you're looking to grow from yeah so you know it's it's funny because when you started talking about that like in my head i was like duh (laughs) because i've been going to therapy for many years Mm -hmm. i mean like five years or so even more than that on and off actually since college so that's pretty much like um I don't want to say one-on-one, but it is like at the core of what therapy is about is Mm -hmm. just um, learning to identify, you know, the source of your frustrations and um, whatever it is, whatever you talk about, it's like nine times out of 10, it's going to come back to that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when you were talking, I was like, it kind of reminded me of like when I first started going to therapy and, you know, when I had to learn how to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is really cool that you're going and yeah. it seems like you're getting a lot out of it, which is great because, you know, it's only as good as um, how much work you're willing to put into it. So, yeah, that's something else that I didn't really take into the room was 
like I, I kind of went into it like, okay, we're going to go over exercises or we're going to, we're, we're going to do something that, that you would typically expect from like either a, a school setting or like a doctor's office setting. Like you're not really thinking like I need to come into this with something to get out of it. It's like you're walking into a kitchen, which is able to make beautiful food, but like you literally need to bring the ingredients in with you in order to learn the, to learn the recipe to make the full dish. So mm-hmm. that was my, that was my week. Just, just real emotional tolling and, and I got paid. So, I mean, like at least I don't have the anxiety of money on my back this fucking week so Mm -hmm. what about you what's what what's been going on i've been good actually i'm I'm glad (laughs) to hear that rihanna um so my second week of my new job oh um, yeah yeah it's it's going really well Mm -hmm. um but (laughs) you know kind of taking a hard (laughs) u-turn from what i was saying earlier about therapy um so we you know we recorded our first episode a few weeks ago. Yeah. And what's so funny is that, like, I, you know, I tend to fixate on a lot of, like, what I had said mm-hmm. and, like, mistakes I've made. I mean, that's me every life. day. Um, yeah, right? Yeah, every, every day, <laughs> every minute of my life. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing I, I remember I said was that, um, well, you asked me, like, oh, like, you listen to a lot of podcasts, right? Yeah. And then I was all, like, I'm a podcast addict. And then I only yeah. <laughs> listed, like, two podcasts. <laughs> and, like, that was all I could think of after. Well, oh, that's typically <laughs> in the moment, morning. though, you know? It's just, just like, oh, you love yeah, Disney no, movies? Name seven. That's the thing. Like, whenever someone asks me, like, what's your favorite movie? Like, my mind just goes blank. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't, have I seen any movies <laughs> at all? Like, Do I know what a movie looks yeah, like? Yeah, so that was kind of the thing. Um, and then also, um, I refuse to listen to (laughs) our own podcast because I hate listening to my voice. And in the beginning, actually, this is like, I don't know, I want to say a year ago, but months, months and months ago, Mm -hmm. we kind of talked about starting a podcast and I said no, because I just didn't want to hear my own voice. Accurate. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'll do it if we auto tune my voice. Which Remember? I think we actually explored. Yeah, I, I explored that. Yeah, yeah. Using and then a, I was mm-hmm. like, wait, can I just auto-tune my personality? Like, maybe that was the issue. <laughs> like, I don't know. So. What does that look like? I don't know. What is auto-tuning <laughs> a personality? Can I auto-tune a person? Can we buy this product? I think so soon. All right. I'm sure they're working on it. Makes sense. Someone's working on it. Yeah, Adobe per- <laughs> Adobe Persona. Mm-hmm. There oh. you go. Adobe, per- Adobe yeah. Persona Pro. That's where I... Uh, Wow, that's oh. where AI is going. <laughs> Accurate. Um, yeah. So, anyway. Anyway, so... So that was like self-hate segment, I guess. Oh, <laughs> oh I was pulling away from that. Like, that's kind of cute. You're just like, nah, I'm just changing me. But it's funny because, like, I, I feel as if that has to that has to be what everyone does, you know? Like, for, for us to come into a, a pseudo-studio... Um, and pretend as if like we're pundits or like entertainers in some sort, but still wanting to get an idea across. It's like, we have to refine that somehow and taking, okay, well, how do I refine my personality or like take the best parts of my personality and pull them out? That ain't easy. So you have to like take, take a step back. We're not performers we're not exactly well you kind of are more than i am anyway i mean i'm just a clown that's really that's really the only performance about me Mm. um anyway all right so i guess um this would be no better time than any to jump into our first part or our first um topic that we're going to talk about which is us Mm -hmm. and not us with lisa and myself we're talking the the jordan peele masterpiece that recently came out 
Ooh. Oh, yeah. The masterpiece is what I'm calling. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Us. Us opened up this weekend. Um, I First take, I liked it a lot. And I want to say that I love it, but I have a lot of unpacking to do because I still have my very strong stance on Get Out wasn't that great of a movie. Yeah, no, I I loved Get Out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved Us, too. I think... Um, us, I think it was a lot more ambitious as far as like kind of inventing this whole like myth. But yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, there definitely were still some inconsistencies and questions, but like oh, whatever, regardless, like overall, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. You know, it was like a perfect blend of horror and comedy. Um, exactly the type of genre mixing that really I look for in pretty much like any movie now. Yeah. Um, I think, though, before we jump into yeah. any more of the conversation, I think we it would be fair to say that there's going to be so many spoilers. And if you don't want to hear any of the spoilers, go back to Party City where you belong. <laughs> and then you can return back to the show because from this point on, it will be so many spoilers. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to start? Um, I don't even know. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I can kind of kick, kick, kick it off with yeah. saying... Um, how it was definitely refreshing to see a more horror take than a suspense take with this movie. Okay. Um, it was it was told many times that this is going to be a horror movie, and I think we weren't exactly expecting a horror movie, or there was just so much uncertainty yeah. that we had no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. And what I saw from it was definitely kind of like a well-rounded, well-crafted story that was able to keep this the the audience engaged like there, there there was a lot of questioning that you're thinking that like oh shit like what's going to happen why why is this symbol here you know what what is going on with the rest of the underlings that you know are being trapped underground and a lot of those weaves are starting to be woven within like what every 10 minutes yeah and then eventually it all does come together and eventually it is, you know, so it, it, it was well-rounded for me and for myself. I mean, I don't know what you want to tap into. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Like I really only have praises. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I did want to kind of ask you, cause we talked about this, you know, a, a while ago, actually. Um, I, I brought up get out and then Ollie was telling me that he, it, it wasn't that you didn't like it. It was mm-hmm. like you didn't understand the hype. Yeah, well, I, I understood the hype behind it. I, it was more just like... So, for myself, when it comes to black black movies, I'm very much like, uh, I, I understand that it's black, but it's also like, do we have to throw all of our eggs into this particular basket just because it is black? And once it's kind of produced and, like, you know, it goes through its, its media rounds and then, it, like, it, it, it becomes kind of like the sovereign black movie to come out kind of, kind of like how Tyler Perry back in the day um, pre- um, came out with Tyler of a mad black woman. And at the time, black people didn't have that much representation within like higher blockbuster movies. They were all kind of like, you know, stuck to the cookie cutter format. So we're, we're talking like Eddie Murphy movies, Martin Lawrence movies, Richard Pryor movies, you know, and, and those are kind of like the movies that the, industries we're really banking on within the black community and then like you know we can move over to the tv industry which kind of had like you know the same um 
black wave of television programs did to hit um, more lower class black viewerships. Um, and because that was the only representation which we had, the entire community came together and was like, oh my God, this is like the genre that we need to get behind. These are the type of movies that we need to enjoy. Whereas, um, you know, white culture is able to have its whole catalog of different genres and different movies to pull from. So when we bring it all back to big black blockbusters, we're really looking at like a certain type that gets showcased. And in my case with Get Out, it kind of seemed as if it was a light-skinned version of we're doing the black most. And being a little bit of of a cinematography nerd, I had enjoyed Get Out, but I recognized its flaws. I recognized that the story was just kind of like we're the the it's a movie for black people with black fear and it can be pushed and it was pushed and it came out fantastic, but I think it still lacked the certain je ne sais quoi that would be kind of put behind like a Clint Eastwood movie or that would be put behind a James Cameron movie. I'll say Clint Eastwood because I just got to look. So this <laughs> Clint Eastwood movies, they get produced. And <laughs> but here's the thing. When, when you see Clint Eastwood movies produced, the fanfare behind it is always just like, it's gritty. It's a movie about X, Y, and Z. And there's not an actual focus on any of the other bits to it. It's just able to be a movie and it's able to exist and it's able to walk away. But with Jordan Peele having Get Out being his premiere movie, we're banking on him making like this amazing movie that that's going to be um, breaking blockbusters and like, you know, yeah. like, like, like would become like essentially the next Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And a lot of things like, like, like those type of accolades. So now we flip it over to us. And I think Us hits every box that Get Out should have for me. It's unapologetically black. It's well written. The story and it's, I think it's also like, you know, paced well because it happens within the, within 24 hours. Mm -hmm. I think any movie that, that, that keeps itself to a very small time period is able to tell a, a, a better fully fleshed story. Um, because like it, it's 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 just there, and we're experiencing the events as the characters are experiencing them, and not like you know really going too far into well, why is this a thing, why is that a thing, like you know like adding all these additional questions when like it really is just like who, what, where, and why. Mm-hmm. So we basically got all of those. It's yeah. unapologetically black, and it was good in my so that's why it was like yeah yeah yeah. I mean, you know, I obviously have a different perspective on movies made by POCs like I'm not black so obviously like I don't know that perspective but I guess like as an Asian person living in the States there's already so little representation Mm -hmm. you know that I do find it so inspiring when black people make art and it is so successful Um, (laughs) you know most recently, we had Crazy Rich Asians, which yeah. I think definitely accomplished what it needed to do. Mm-hmm. But it was no get out. Like, you know, like it just, yeah. it wasn't, you can't compare that. Um, wasn't even like Black Panther either. Like it's, I don't know, when I saw Black Panther, like it was a very different feeling. I, I took, I took the, see, and, and Black Panther would technically be included within my rant, but I, I viewed Black Panther to be 
championed for a different reason. I mean, like it was a superhero movie that there, yeah. there's a huge difference between a community rallying behind a horror movie and a community rallying behind a superhero movie. Superhero movies, you can envision yourself in anything, and and for the the, it kind of worked in, in in black people's favor of we're just always cool and we're always mm-hmm. just like yeah like you know treat it you know like use it like a grain of salt and then like we were able to flex and be cool and be in a Marvel movie and it's like yes that right there that is for everybody. Medea was literally for was was for in in urban crew and I grew up in in suburban you know like, um, Get Out was for fans of Jordan Peele to begin with and outside of that it's like Jordan Peele's a black man and we're doing a white horror story within the peak of racial tensions I mean within the media when Get Out had came out you know we were being ostracized all over the place for for police brutality to start and then start the narrative of like well what are blacks actually doing it's like what just kind of living and then so now we have Get Out which is more just like you know white people are taking this overall just like yeah white people are taking this over we're actually living our horror movie right now so there was a difference between Black Panther and Get Out, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, still, no, strong, strong yeah, representations. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just tough to, to, to see or to lump all of the black cinema together and then say, yeah. like, this is, these are the reasons why X, Y, and Z, when it's also, like, there is a reason for certain movies being delivered in general. Mm-hmm. That should also be taken consider, in, into consideration when you have a person of color being able to use their movies as statement pieces. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, well, I don't know, but I think we can agree that these types of movies generally just have higher stakes for us, Mm. you know? Accurate. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a segue into (laughs) (laughs) into any stakes. I don't know about this. Yeah. Um, I wanted to include this point here because mm-hmm. I it was funny. So as we were in line to um, go and see uh, us, we were talking about Amy Schumer. <laughs> Earlier in the day, We act, I, I had put on the, the, the um, stand, her new stand-up special, Growing, on Netflix, which just premiered now. I was like, oh, let's just put this on and, and, and see how far we get into it. Because, like, Amy Schumer. And... Lise had quickly corrected me, not in the defense of Amy Schumer, but more in the defense of, yo, be careful with that woman hating because like <laughs> it's it's systemic from somewhere and don't forget that. And that and that had me sit and be like, huh, yeah, like that is correct. Like I, I, I probably should begin to peel apart as to why I'm not overly ecstatic yeah. about the presence of Amy Schumer. I mean I, you know, she deserves all the smoke. She we, does. we all know what she did. Mm. Actually, I don't even remember a lot so of what she I'm did. So I'm glad yeah. I did. Okay, so I'm glad I did look yeah. back into this because okay, I, I, I remember some of the things that, that she had done. Well, research as to why we yeah, kind of forgot Yeah, I feel like it. we cancel someone every single day that I just, I forget a lot. It's a lot. It's whiplash. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, no, I mean, like, she definitely, you know, I hadn't consumed any of her things in a while. In a very long time, because yeah. there was no reason for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the reason why I reacted that way um, was, you know, like, I don't see the same amount of energy people give to her, to other male comedians, like her yeah. counterparts. It's just like, I mean, it's it's a very common thing. It's very you know, common. We're harder on 
women in general, mm-hmm. you know, women comedians. Mm-hmm. And I just really wanted to point that out. I mean, like, I'm pretty invested in, you know, like, female entertainers and their growth. Mm-hmm. Even if they're white feminists. Yeah. You know, like, I would like to see them grow. I'm not super quick to cancel, I mm-hmm. guess. But, I mean, if they give me sufficient reason to, I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was kind of our discussion. True. On that, yeah. And we went into this um, last episode talking about um, dealing from tiny moving parts and how it, he he kind of got ahead of a news story um, saying that someone had sexually assaulted... Uh, sorry, that, that he had sexually assaulted someone. And he kind of shown pangs of like, okay, like, we'll be ready... We'll, I'll be ready to do the work that's going to be needed for other people to trust me again. Um, and we had gone through the conversation of like, you know, what is needed um, on his end to make it seem as if he's genuine in coming, you know, wanting to be accepted in the community again. Outside of that, the whole growth culture that's now coming, because we're now like well after cancel culture. And a lot of the people that we have canceled in the past are coming back and being like, okay, like, can I come out and play now? Even if people are to say, I have done the work, I have in, in taken in everything, in what way are we to kind of begin, and this isn't me making the case for Amy, I mean with, with anyone, what, what would be the, the steps that we would take to allow them to be back in the space again after they've addressed everything, continue to say, like, I'm sorry, what does their career trajectory look from relationship of performer to audience? Yeah, we're getting deep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. What was the question? Going from cancellation to now growth, what does the next chapter look like from performer with the the relationship between performer and audience? I mean, just don't fuck it up (laughs) ever again. Yeah. You know, and if you do, then keep apologizing, keep growing. I mean, I I don't know how much Amy Schumer suffered. I know that her second movie didn't do very well. I think she's got. See, here's the thing. Like with with Amy, like there has been, okay. So like Amy's whole thing as to why like we kind of let her go to begin with was the whole white feminism thing. Um, people like, and because I I want to say as if like there was like two different camps, right? So we had um black people mostly being fed up with with the white bullshit that was going on between um amy she was saying like women deserve everything but like also like not wanting to boister a platform for blacks or for a a more inclusion-based feminism and then like rubbing elbows with people like lena dunham who like has done so much worse you know and then like the wanting to embrace body culture as long as it's like, you know, able to make you a dollar. And like, you know, those are the things. But it really does seem as if like at least based off the stand up special that like the the essence of Amy Schumer is still there, but it does seem to have taken a, a, a shift in tone. Or sorry, a shift in mindset. I mean, of course it's only for a cash grab because oh, she yeah. still because Leather Special literally had Netflix say, We need to change the way we rank everything because this is absolutely bombing. Mm-hmm. And we were mm-hmm. not expecting that. Yeah. But now moving forward, it's like she's saying that she she's growing. She's placing new light on like you know autism and like you know the acceptance of that. And it's like ah damn it! Like 
not all damn it like you know she did good by yeah. like you know showcasing everything yeah i mean like maybe she got a ghostwriter i don't know what's going on with her but like her i mean her material seems more interesting and more palatable less tired too yeah in general um but yeah like continue on that path hopefully yeah you know absolutely I mean, I guess we'll say it's it, I, same same thing like we had said before. I guess yeah. we're really not saying anything new. I, yeah, no, I mean, just do but it. Like, just, just, just be better. You know, people like that don't take uh, don't take platforms away from people that are marginalized, like lift yeah. other people up, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do yeah. just do the most for everyone. Goddamn. Anyway, yeah. so speaking of doing the most for everybody yet not mm-hmm. even doing anything for the world. Mm-hmm. We're, I'm, I'm going to pass this 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 news story over to Lise, who's going to talk about Elizabeth Holmes and the okay. recent documentary that came out on HBO, which was a watch. Do it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, the documentary was called The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. It premiered a couple days ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I followed this story for a while now. I want to say for, like, the past few years. It's so fascinating. Yeah. Um so I listened to the podcast, I read the book, you know, so I've been waiting for this documentary. I think it didn't go hard enough on her, mm-hmm. but I mean, it was a really good overview though. So if anyone's interested in, you know, getting more in-depth knowledge on this whole mess, um, I would recommend the book. Um, it's called Bad Blood by uh, John Carreyou. Um, so, I don't, so I don't think this is as like... I don't know, like not necessarily like news worthy, but I feel like Firefest was like more yeah. fun to make fun of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, so if anyone's not familiar, <laughs> this, it, I mean, it's a lot, but I'm going to try to cram good. all this information, yeah. you know, as briefly as possible. But okay, so Theranos, uh, it was a privately held, uh, privately held health technology corporation. Um, it was a startup, essentially, and it's infamous for its false claims to have invented these blood tests that mm-hmm. only needed really, really tiny amounts of blood. Um, so, you know, one of the reasons why this became famous is because of the face of this company. Um, Elizabeth Holmes, she was only 19 years old when she came up with this idea and she formed her company. Um, they raised more than $700 million dollars. From That's venture still capitalists. Crazy. That's still crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Resulted in a $10 billion valuation at its peak in 2013 and 2014. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of hype around this, um, but essentially it all came to a halt in 2015 when this report came out by John Carreyou from the Wall Street Journal. Um, basically, he questioned the validity of their technology and this was largely thanks to the two whistleblowers from the that used to work at the company so um i think the things that the documentary didn't really go into as much is what actually happened to elizabeth and um the co-founder of the company Mm -hmm. so right now she's paying a fine of uh five hundred thousand um you know obviously she's no longer the director of the company etc um, she and Sunny Bawani, they're um, headed into criminal proceedings later, later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they face two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and nine counts of wire fraud each. 
Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, amongst many other things, I'm sure. True, yeah. But if they're found guilty, they're going to go to jail for a very long time. Oh, yeah. I oh, hope. yeah. <laughs> um, but I do think um, what I personally found fascinating is mm-hmm. just, like, just, I guess, sociopaths or, like, people that, like, think they can fool everyone. Well, we say think. She got 700 milli. Yes. Like, yeah. almost without ease. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she was obsessed with Steve Jobs. That was another she thing. She acted like she was close friends with him, which I don't think the documentary really went into. I was there. There's yeah. so much of this documentary that, that, I mean, even from just what you have told me that was yeah. missing and, like, re, like the bullet points, because this is basically the timeline, just says, like, yeah, she got a lot of money to, to, to do research to kind of put blood into jewel pods and got a lot of money then like it came apart because there was nothing and then like oh now they're just going to go to jail but like that's the amount of of hope that that was literally placed inside of this woman because of like a handful of beautiful powerpoint presentations Mm -hmm. of a, a smiling face and ambition yeah yeah I think um, <laughs> this whole thing, I think it brings into scrutiny, like, the whole culture of Silicon Valley startups. Yeah. Um, how, you know, a lot of them, like you kind of said, like, a lot of them operate on, like, all these, like, inspirational mission statements. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it focuses on disruption and saving yep. the world and all that. But the actual technology or the product is always kept really vague to even its own employees, the mm-hmm. company, um, on purpose. But it's so funny because no one even questions that because that is just that amount of secrecy. That's just the culture yeah. of that industry. Um, and then, like, investors will throw money into without even verifying the technology. So, yeah. and, and, and a lot of that, um, the, the investing blindly, it came because she was able to get a lot of fantastic names on board for the company in itself. Like, mm-hmm. on the board of directors, you had amazing, you had a, full gamut of individuals and I would love to go by and, and, and name them off one by one. But like, there was one that really stood out to me. Um, general mad dog Matt Mattis, you know, like he was like a, a security, not security, um, armed forces of the United States in charge of making sure that like, you know, we will stay safe overseas and on U S soil. And then, it, then like all of a sudden she's like, um, hello, I'm Steve jobs. <laughs> and, and um, I'm looking to save blood. <laughs> and everyone's just like, oh, shit. Yeah, my nigga. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is just, it's reached a point where, like, that whole industry is, it's, it's a perfect breeding ground for corrupt sociopaths. That's the entire industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I wanted to pull a quote from another podcast oh shouts out <laughs> yeah like as soon as i heard this i like wrote it down mm-hmm. um but yeah no i mean like i personally i'm making a comparison to fire festival like it's pretty yeah. obvious mm-hmm. scammers getting caught just yeah. as porn etc yeah so henry zabrowski from the last podcast network he he was talking about billy mcfarland from Firefest copy documentary um and he said a man like that is literally our president like he started yeah. a lie he got a bunch of money, and we, as Americans, we all love liars that win. Yeah. The entire country loves that because that's an extension of the American dream. Yeah. Um, you know, a dude that's pulling himself up from his bull- bootstraps, 
and bullshitting his way all the way to the top. That's absolutely <laughs> correctly everything that has happened. Yeah. But that's like for the test of time. Mm-hmm, I mean, like mm-hmm. the the fake it to to you make it mantra is inculcated in so many entrepreneurs that like. It even gets to a point in which people will risk other people's safety in order to kind of like push that idea through. And it's so dangerous. I don't want to feel as if I'm going to paint white people all bad. Do we want to talk about the white factor? Well, yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I mean, it's Cause I, cause I, Because I, I was kind of leaning into white people. Yeah, I was I like, mean, not all white people are bad. I love whites. I mean, but can you imagine a person of color doing this? Like, no, um, the no. guy, the guy, Sonny Bawani, like, her, like, business well, partner or whatever. So, here's the flip yeah. side. I can, with an Asian face. A black face, I don't think, would, would have been uh, able to, to, to do that. Yes. It's really sad, but it's very true. I mean, like, if that's not shared. Yeah. Like, well, this is, like, more, like, conversation, like, debate. Like, like would that have been the case? Mm, I think it would have been, it would have been possible. I, I, I think so. But it would have been harder. Okay. Yeah. I mean, she had a lot of advisors. From what I read in the book, it seemed like she had a lot of advisors. She had a lot of people telling her what to do. So it wasn't all her. Accurate. You are correct. And those people were POCs. Yeah. So I wonder if she was just the perfect face for it. Yeah. So. Because that was was another thing, too. Like, with technology like this, there there needs to be a face for it and a, and a. I don't want to say a palatable face, but there needs to be a face <laughs> for it. Whatever's going, going to be like the, the biggest face to push it through, whether it's any industry. And I wonder why it had to be Elizabeth Holmes. Like that was another thing that really had stood out to me that like I really would love to wonder, like, you know, like like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, like it did have to be Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. to pull this together. It had to be Jeff Bezos to kind of like, you know, pull together Amazon. I mean, like these are huge companies that are like low key lo- going out and like taking over the world and the company that she was looking to foster was trying to infiltrate the industry in the same exact way. Like, it's all or nothing. So I wonder why it had to be her. And you actually have some knowledge due to her background um, that the documentary actually failed to get into. I don't remember enough about it, though. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think she came from a fairly privileged background. Uh She already had those connections from the get-go. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I can't speak to her childhood. I really don't re- remember her. But she must have been raised thinking that this is possible. Yeah. Mm, yeah. True. Huh. So, I mean, it's, it's weird. It's a, it's a perfect storm. And that's kind of why, like, these things are able to happen. I mean, she, she pulls back um, her inspiration to Edison. Like, the whole module that was supposed to, you know, do all of this life-saving work was, was modeled after... Her biggest reason of influence, um, Thomas Edison, who was famous in saying, like, you know, you have to try 10,000 times to get it right the 10,000 and first time. And, like, putting it into, like, you know, a cute, like, oh, my God, they're they're going to be doing the Lord's work and they're, they're, they're pulling all these resources and people. And it's like, yo, like, maybe it's supposed, like, we're not supposed to be doing this, but she still is going to push through anyway. It's it's dangerous. It's crazy. I lost track of that at that point. Well, did, 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 I, did I do well? <laughs> I think so. I think okay. um, kind of building to your point, <coughs> you know, like she would fire people left and right from her company who showed any sign of like, quote unquote, disloyalty, or yeah. who questioned her methods, who flat out told her this technology is not possible. Mm-hmm. And she would fire them based on the fact that like, oh, you're not a team player. But yeah. yeah. Well, 
Life is weird. <laughs> and people are going to keep scamming no matter what. Mm-hmm. Scammers are going to keep scamming. And speaking of which, I guess it's time for us to scam some of y'all out of money. <laughs> so hold up. Hold fast. We'll be right back for that ass. <laughs> I kind of work. We're keeping I'll... that. <laughs> Hey y'all, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy that you're listening. If you are listening, I am looking for notes to say. Just looking for notes. We want to make the show the best that it can be. We're also going to be pulling audience questions. Um, if you have any questions about relationships or if you have anything that deals with mental health or kind of just what do I do here help. You can send that help over to thankyouforyourlovepod at gmail.com and we'll read it on the show. We also are accepting donations on our anchor page. Donate a dollar, donate five. It's monthly, but it certainly helps us get the show to a better place than what we left it an episode ago. So send it over. Thank you for your love pod at gmail.com. All right, so this week's question is going to come to us from Reddit. We're going to paraphrase it a little bit. Um, but if you do have a question, we would love to answer it for you. Thank you for your love, pod at gmail.com. The title is, I feel as if my white boyfriend is mainly with me for the novelty of being with a pretty black girl in clout. The premise is that they're on a college campus. Um, white boyfriend is in a fraternity and often has parties that black people will go out to, but none of them are actually within the friend itself. And the girl feels kind of... Um, kind of feels funny about it because they kind of seem as if these events are orchestrated, kind of like how black people come in, they hear the pop of music, and then the white people are like, oh my gosh, are you going to the party? And then they throw them to ox cord, and then like, you know, everyone gets turned up. But the problem is, is that the boyfriend in the past has um, apparently kikied with some of his friends about like, you know, niggas being chill, and he's just like, ha ah, yeah, black people do things. And the girl apparently overheard this and was like, I don't know if that's all good. So now she's confronting him, and apparently he had said that, you know, he's growing and he's really looking to become better because he's with his black girlfriend. Um, and he'll take it into consideration and hopefully it will be better. But I mean, like, I think it really does just come to, which is probably something that a lot of, anyone in, within, within the interracial relationship has to kind of think, like, am I being tokenized in some sort? And that's very hard. And we actually both have experience um, dating people outside of our race, dating white people. Um, <laughs> I mean, have you ever felt to to tokenized as um, a significant other? Or I mean, yeah. Yeah? For sure. I mean, constantly. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, to her question, yeah. I mean, I just don't think that it's on her to educate him. That's oh, yeah, a true. lot of energy for her. That's a lot of emotional energy. Um, I would advise her to break up with him. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, it seems toxic. Yeah. But, you know, the whole culture surrounding frats and how white they are, mostly. That's a thing, too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the environment that you're in. Yeah. It's tough because I came from a, um, I, I came from a hometown. My hometown is predominantly white there are there are there are pockets within um atlantic county that do have uh predominantly black families um but when 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 you have a dating pool that is mostly white people in my community um especially in communities that aren't really used to being around people of color black people in particular um all that there's fed is pop culture and they believe that like oh it is cool to be like all the positive things of being black and 
I want to associate with that. And whether you get it from your white friends or your white significant other, like that's something that you have to kind of swallow a lot of. And hopefully you can find someone that you're comfortable talking to about it because that's something that's never going to change. And like as much, (laughs) it would be a lot easier to just be like, yeah, like break up with him because like clearly he's not ahead with his own education to kind of, start to stand up and say like yo this actually really isn't okay like i'm not sure why my friends are sharing these same views like you know the person that i'm with who i care about very much so probably wouldn't want to be stereotyped because y'all know her i know her i know i know black people they're not always like this it's just what how much you're willing to take honestly Mm because because like for instance us you know and not the Jordan Peele, you know, masterpiece. Mm-hmm. You and I. Um, I feel as if we're, we we do kind of have our clashes every here and there with, with cultural stuff. But nothing, like, that would affect a relationship. Just more of, like, viewpoints. And keeping that in mind with, like, you know, like we have different cultures. We both know that had we have been, you know, if I was dating a black girl, if you were dating a um, Japanese man or, 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 or a Japanese person, certain things wouldn't get lost. Whether it's racial ties or... Um, social cues or like like other things that that would kind of be hard to pick apart from being within your community dating within your community mm-hmm. right yeah i mean uh, yeah it's a huge topic i'm trying to decide what to talk about i was gonna say yeah there are yeah, seven different approaches um, to it i will say this though i think because um, this might be interesting yeah um, so I guess as an Asian woman, um, me and my friends have talked about this in the past, but we take precautionary measures before dating people. Mm. For example, um, you know, if you meet someone online, um, then generally we'll look at their pictures and see how many Asian women there. Oh, <laughs> no. Gotta make sure that, you know, they're not only swiping because they have some sort of fetish yeah you know and (laughs) you have to pre-screen people in a certain way oh yeah um as an asian woman so i mean i'm not saying all asian women do this or anything it's something i personally do and Mm -hmm. something i have to do um to protect myself and because i've been in situations in the past where someone was only interested in dating me for my race so yeah. That seems like just another exhausting chapter to dating. Absolutely. Because, like, <laughs> I, I can't say that I have anywhere near the same type of, like, screening patterns outside of problematic man thing number four. Mm-hmm. But I'm working on it. I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't keep that, that thought. Mm. Um, but, yeah. Um, do you think that it's better to date within your race or outside of your race? <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bring it back from the crowd. Um, so we'll be right back. Um, so now we're jumping into our last segment. Um, still don't know what to title it, but for now it's Stan or Drag. Stan or Drag. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't have anything to stand this week. I, I, I kind of have something to, to drag this week. Um, 
I mean, I think my default will just always... You know what? Here's what we'll do. If you don't have one, I can always rail on people. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, today, we were in Costco. I love people. Oh. I genuinely are okay with people. Like, I can tolerate large groups of people. I can tolerate small conversations with one or four. But what I seriously cannot take with anybody is, is just not being considerate of the spaces of others. Whenever we go to Costco... Like, today, we went to Costco to go pick up our stuff and things so that we can eat and bathe. I was going through the aisles. I try to be as courteous as possible because it is literally a fucking zoo. Every time you go into Costco, there are so many people running around. There are so many children running around. There are carts being smashed in one direction or another. There are people that are giving away free samples and people running over to go pick them up. And then, like, you know, the one across in front of your cart and then, like, you know, trying to walk in a straight forward. It's a mess. It's a fucking mess. So now we have this one woman who believes that the whole aisle is hers and she just leaves her cart to go talk with the rest of her family as to what she's going to get. And of, like, five cart pileup starts to happen and no one really wants to move a cart because for whatever reason touching another person's cart inside of costco is like <laughs> a behanding type of punishment mm -hmm. i i remember when our cart came down from the escalator and some gentleman thought that it was his he went to go grab it but then quickly took his hand back i'm like my nigga you're not gonna get leprosy please move your fucking cart out of the way so that i'll be able to get mine <laughs> so that like you know we can all keep moving Anyway, this woman, cart, middle of the aisle, trying to move past. Everyone's like, oh, what are we doing? And I'm finally like, fuck it. And I'm just like, move your cart. And like, I just grab it with one hand and like begin to drag it into another way. The woman looks up at me and she's like, and I'm like, really? Like, you're the one that's going to get an attitude with me because, like, you know, we're really just trying to all move fluidly inside of a very tight, congested mm -hmm. store. Mm -hmm. Like, this store is not yours. My dear, I'm so sorry that you had to go out in the public with the rest of the peasants to be able to get your food and everything. But you know what? You don't own the store. The moment that you own the store, you can go right ahead and do it wherever you want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the look on her face. She seemed so inconvenient. So stank. <laughs> so Dang. And like I it was it was almost as if it was a movie. She like looked up from her nicely cased phone. I think there was some like fuzzy Louis Vuitton in it. And then she would just look up and she's like, yeah. I think especially living in New York where space is already limited. There's so oh many God. people. It's we're at uh, at capacity. Over at capacity. Yeah. Um it's kind of like a common or like an unspoken rule that like we're all keeping it moving, mm -hmm. you know, we're not like getting in each other's ways, or else literally the city can't function. Oh, in, as, as a whole, you're absolutely yeah. right. So when you see someone like that, granted it's Costco, so it's kind of a different culture, <laughs> but you know, even so, <laughs> it's like it is absurd to see behavior like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, go, I'm, I'm like sitting here like fuming, and I'm like, it's only Costco. <laughs> like, why, why does Costco make me so angry? Mm. Or like that group, or of, IKEA, or IKEA, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's seriously just because we all had to keep it pushing. Like, mm -hmm. there could be some. <laughs> It's like this, the, the stupid thing about New York City. If someone dies on the train tracks, it's like, why didn't you do it 20 minutes earlier so I can, like, you know, go on to work? Like, these are regular things that happen in the city, but the moment that starts to impede time, it's like, you're fucking pregnant? Why are you taking the train? You should have not gone into labor. Did you think that you were going to go into labor? It's month nine. Mm -hmm. You're on to seven. I got to go into the city. I got to go to work. No one wants to stay in Astoria. I'm not taking the, I'm not taking the bridge. Anyway. So yeah, I was trying to figure out why I was getting so angry inside of a Costco location, but yeah, no, New York. it's fine. This is the place to let it out. Thank you, baby. So Thank this you. This is a safe space, oh, and it's mind. our show. It's our <laughs> show, and not yours. Um. Okay. So kind of, 
I don't know if I have the same energy. <laughs> but okay, so this is an ongoing drag, I suppose. Oh, I know what you're going people. to go into. Okay. Um, so, but it's something that I'm working on too. Mm-hmm. So, um, my name. <laughs> <laughs> what um, is your name, baby? Yeah, it's a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> basically, my name is. This is the best English translation of my name I have. <laughs> settled on um so you know my i guess correct pronounce japanese pronunciation of my name is bise and as a lot of people know uh there's just really no direct translation for that the best way to anglicize it is how we say it now we say it. Yeah. yeah and it. oh yes oh. i went oh. to the dictionary.com <laughs> <laughs> So um, that's kind of how I've been living, um, but it is spelled L-I-S-E. Mm-hmm. It's simple, at least to me, <laughs> you know, And um, but it is, you know, most people, I want to say 80% of humans in this country do not know how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. And it's fine, you know, it's fine. Um, as long as people are respectful of it, I totally don't mind correcting you. I don't fault you, you know. Mm-hmm. It is a foreign name. Now, another thing is that people, whenever I do pronounce it in the way that I pronounce it, um, people say, oh, it's it's French, you know? And the thing is, like, it is wild because growing up, I thought that was a compliment of some Mm. sorts. And, you know, like, after many years of decolonizing my thoughts and... (laughs) (laughs) working on myself i'm realizing like mm, but it's yeah. not though it's not french it may it coincidentally sounds french literally that's the only thing there, it, the french name lise is common oh it is but it's not pronounced lise though yeah it course. just sounds like it because there's an accent on the e yeah you know so i don't know just be respectful yeah, <laughs> of absolutely. people with Before foreign you just names you know, and like, um, it's fine if you think it's French, but also like consider that's still it's not my identity. You know, and like I feel I already feel alienated from my name because it's not the right characters, it's not the right, you know, pronunciation. And to further alienate <laughs> me from my own name, it's a little bit hurtful. So, you know, I don't feel horribly offended by people that do that but it's just something that i've come to terms with recently like oh like this is what i'm actually feeling yeah so i've kind of been therapizing myself Hmm. um off that yeah so yeah (laughs) there you go yeah stop doing things incorrect Mm -hmm. and it feels that that that, that's such like a that's such a thing to do. I feel as if that's such a thing to do. It'd be like, oh, like, uh, and it's like, oh, like my name, literally my mm-hmm. name and full stop. You don't need to keep comparing my name to anything. It doesn't make sense. And then there was someone that tried to argue with you. I think they were like, you were, they were like, oh, it's French. And you're like, uh huh, yeah, no. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, it's French. Oh man, someone from American Airlines. <laughs> They okay, no, it wasn't even my Drag first them. name. So my last name, Sasaki, it's very common in Japan. Yeah. It is okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> the American Airlines lady, she asked me if I'm Russian. Yeah. And I was like, what why? Part? Wait, <laughs> yeah. You're you have my passport. 
you have my, <gasps> my Japanese passport. How? Passport. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, but it's Sasuke. That's a Russian name. And Did I was like, you shouldn't just like, I, like, like visually how, close the doors. Yeah, on like, her. how are you out here eliminating people's vowels? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Flight attendants, man, I'll tell you. They uh, take your bags, they take yeah. your vowels. Fuck, what would they take next? Mm. Uh, <laughs> you have to pay extra for them to get <laughs> your name right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so wild. That's a Starbucks yeah. surcharge. I mean, I'm sure like other people <laughs> with um, foreign names can relate to this as well, where like you have people that you know taking attendance or whatever, and they just take the liberty to correct your name for you. That was something that, like, I actually never knew mm. that because I kind of skipped my college experience. Um, <laughs> just said, away with you. Mm-hmm. Um, just pass. pass. <laughs> That'd be like, school? Pass. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make sense as to, because I used to grow angry for my friends where they would tell me, like, yeah, they gave me, like, a new name to call me by or, like, a different pronunciation. Yeah, like, I, I found within a lot of my friends, my friend Siddharth, for instance, mm-hmm. um, he, cha- he, he shortened his name to Sid, but then like a lot of other like i was like oh, okay that makes sense it's like yeah it's also easy and i was like oh, okay and mm-hmm. then eventually other friends would be like no i just like full on like changed my name i had an ex that like you know literally like when they came over just a full on change from what their original name was and they were like yeah it was just easier for people to do that and that story is like a dime an actual dozen which was unbeknownst to me so i was like yo what the fuck like why can no one pronounce names especially like if you're going to be giving money over to a secular location like that's there for education Mm -hmm. so you're there for education i'm paying you and you can't get my name right you global scholar you actual scammer like get my name right Mm -hmm. although my name is ollie and i'm not in that and i didn't go to school but that was new to me and that took some learning and, and some like i feel that yeah Watch wow, just like completely butcher someone's name the next episode. That's probably what's gonna. I butcher <laughs> names all the time. That's why I leave it to you. That's some inside baseball. If y'all want to know something, Lisa handles all the all the names because I'm not able to handle any of them. But if you want to know who we talk about next week, I suggest you listen to the show because this episode's coming to a wrap. Yeah. Woo! Please like and subscribe. Mm-hmm. You rate can rate us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, ratings more for iTunes. I don't know if we're listening okay, on iTunes we, just are yet. Are we on iTunes? So, where you can find the show is going to be on Twitter at T-Y-F-Y-L pod. Or type in Thank You For Your Love pod. You can find it on Twitter. You can find us on Spotify. Yes, we are on Spotify. Type in Thank You For Your Love. You can also hit us up on Anchor if you wish to become one of our supporters for a dollar a month, five dollars a month, any a month. We'll be very, very happy for y'all to do that. And we also have a private group on Facebook. You can search for Thank You For Your Love, Therapy For The Tired, and you'll be able to find the group there. You can leave us show notes. Um, we'll leave our show notes there. Um, also, just some behind-the-scenes stuff if you ever want to, like, you know, engage with us and kind of, like, you know, help us craft the show. And we can also pull conversation from last week up weeks anything direct channels it's us it's there thank you for your love listen find us thank you thank you i hope that answered your question did i answer the question mm-hmm. cool it did that was beautiful oh you're beautiful <laughs> see y'all next week bye, bye. <laughs>